Don Luca, smoke you like my hookah Pump fake right, then I step back in illusion That's a boss move maneuver, billionaire entrepreneur Mark Cuban on the viewer, put you rookies on a skewer I stay shitting on you boys like I came up from the sewer Used to have a lot of dollars, now I got a lot fewer What you saying to me? I hope you save it for me I'm about to kill the game, and I put it in my testimony Hi, welcome to the Mainstream Mass Podcast. This is your host, Will. I'm joined here by my co-host, Jaren. What is up, guys? Today, we are going to be getting into basically our 1 millionth and 69th rendition of the Mavericks' worst loss of the season. We titled that the episodes when the Mavericks lost in Orlando and Washington on that back-to-back, but I think that this is sort of the penultimate sum of all fears game that you could really look at it as a Mavs game. This game versus the Rockets where the Mavericks lose 102 to 91 at home. A second night of a back-to-back without Luka Doncic, without Maxi Kleber, of course. But this Rockets roster is atrocious. They're perhaps like the worst team in the NBA. I mean, one could argue. And there's a lot of narratives and I I don't know, just you know, compelling takeaways in terms of the Mavs roster construction. In terms of Jason Kidd mismanaging some things, you could argue, but, you know, mainly things centered on the Mavericks personnel that this game really exploited. What were your thoughts on this game, Jaron? Yeah, I mean, to start top to bottom, like this game was awful. Uh, I mean, there was glimpses of highlights here and there, but just from an overall team perspective, I think the game tipped to finish was awful uh it didn't seem like anybody was playing in a queue it almost seemed like it was just a bunch of chickens running with their head cut heads cut off um <laughs> and it just kind of seemed like everybody was just thrown out there and expected to fuck to, expected to play I almost dropped an f-bomb right there um huh. and yeah i mean like I, I i i'm not putting the blame on any player necessarily i think it starts from front office all the way to the coaching staff i think you can put a little bit of blame here and there on some guys but I don't think the blame even starts there. I think it starts with the coaching staff and, like I mentioned, the uh, guys above in the office. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, it's almost not even as much the Mavericks losing as I guess it was the fashion in which they lost where they kind of just slowly got, you know, grinded down the stretch of that game and some of the possessions just really – just we were like really like tell all possessions. Like there were each play in this game where like something went wrong for the Mavericks. Like you could take an overarching narrative away from, which I mean, that's not, you can't really do that with a lot of games. So that's for that reason, you know, I think it is like the worst loss of the season, but we're going to be getting it all into this, you know, terrible, horrible, atrocious abomination of a game by the Mavericks. But before we do that, Here is an ad from our sponsor, Anchor. All right, Jaron. So getting into it, just from the right off the top, I'm going to give you a few stats, and I want to know what you take away from this, okay? The Mavericks were 12 for 55 on three-pointers in this game. That that is correct that they shot 55 threes, and they made 12 of them. The Mavericks got – the Rockets had 19 blocks tonight. That is the second most – out of any team in the last eight seasons. Um, another kind of little fun dig. Let's see. I got to 
add all of this up real quick. 29, 31. Active math, right? 34, here. 40. Oh, yes. The Mavericks starters tonight were eight for 40 on field goals attempted and made. So those are three, I guess, provocative discussion topics. That, like if you're just going to go right off the top, just looking at some stats there, what were your thoughts? Um, like, what do you think those stats indicate? Well, the the 12 for 55 from three-point land, I think, indicates the lack of uh, depth on this Luka List Mavericks team. Uh, I mean, you can make an argument that Luka basically makes that roster the roster. But still, you know, I, I think it's a given. We've been saying this since the offseason. Like, Luka is going to have games here and there where he's off. Or even spurts, like two weeks, you know, with an ankle injury, whatever it may be. And I'm sorry, but if the Mavericks are looking like this, playing this terrible against, in my argument, or I guess in my mind, I think that the Rockets are easily the worst team in the league. Uh, And the Mavericks just got outplayed. The Rockets look deeper. The Rockets looked better. Mavericks, like I had mentioned earlier, like they just didn't look like they wanted to play basketball today. I mean, aside at Christian Wood at times, Tim Hardaway Jr. at times, um, I, I'm not going to say much to Spencer Dinwiddie considering that he played 41 minutes the night before. I know he had an abysmal three of 18 shooting night. Um, but if this is what the Mavericks look like without Luka Doncic on the floor, uh, like I, I'm, there is zero words to describe how, like I just have a smile on my face because I don't know what else to do. I, I this is awful. Um, yeah, I mean, and what what stat did you pull out? 19 blocks or whatever is the Rockets said 19 blocks. That's the second most by any team in any game in the last eight seasons. Like what player on this Rockets roster? Alperen Sengun had five blocks, and he is, to say the very least, not a defensive center. And that was only exactly 20, like only what, at 26 what guy, minutes. What guy on this Houston Rockets roster, maybe minus Boban here and there, just because he's so tall, can block five shots a game and have a team of 19 combined. I mean, maybe the only guy that even like warrants being able to do that. And that's if they were playing maybe 36 minutes would probably be Usman Garuba or Tari Eason. You know, if they just had one of those lock in defensive games in terms of their ability to, you know, really stick it to a primary ball handler on the other team. Even then, they're not interior defenders. They're more so wings. I mean, Garuba's more, I guess, flexible in terms of that definition of being a wing and a big. So maybe him. But outside of that, I mean, yeah, like really nobody. I can tell you exactly what both of those two stats mean. And it lies in the answer of the Mavericks not having another ball handler, not having another creator. And <clears throat> even furthermore, the loss of Jalen Brunson. The Mavericks don't attempt 55 threes in a game if they have another creator out there who can initiate offense a little more and run things that actually move towards the rim, not just, you know, the I mean, the Mavericks offense was stale to a point where it was literally just hot potato with the ball on the perimeter with like either Faku Campazo and Tim Hardaway Jr. at stretches in this game where they're just, essentially trying to set up a three-pointer like there was nothing else there was no other process in this game <coughs> i apologize <coughs> i apologize i have a little bit of a cough here i got sick after watching that game but <laughs> anyways 
Um, needless to say, like, you know, I feel like if you're Jason Kidd, you want to be able to mix it up to an extent in a game where Luke is at. Involve, you know, more offensive actions, more weak side cuts, um, particularly with a guy like Josh Green, you know, run some, you know, stuff with Christian Wood, some pin downs for him. I mean, everything was either Christian Wood or Spencer Dinwiddie having to create offense for themselves, literally just one-on-one with no help whatsoever. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. having to try to do that, which, I mean, actually fared well at times during this game, but, I mean, he took so many shots that, I mean, it definitely became a redundancy to an extent, like once we got to that fourth quarter. And besides that, it was just like, let's pass it around the three-point line and just hope somebody makes it, like – I mean, there was just no process whatsoever without Luca out there. And, you know, it that's very indicative of that 12 for 55 three-point shooting. You know, you don't take that many attempts if you have another creator out there. If Jalen Brunson's still on this team, you're able to furbish a little bit more offense. You have a little bit more process um, in terms of your system that you just don't have out there on a night like tonight. In terms of <coughs> the starters going eight for 40, I mean – Dinwiddie's having an off night and Luke is injured. There's just nobody to create offense. Like, what do you expect? That that's how this team was structured. The they have too many of these older one-dimensional three and D role players. Um, you know, outside of Dorian, none of them really can even attack off closeouts. I mean, Reggie is limited so much so that you know if he. He, the only thing he can really do to counter somebody closing out on him is a sidestep three. And when his three-point shot's not falling, I mean, he's doomed to the Shadowlands. Reggie Bullock in 33 minutes tonight, 0 for 6 on threes. Those were his only field goal attempts. Zero points, zero steals, zero assists, zero blocks. Um, and he had three rebounds. Minus, six, <coughs> minus 16. Um, I mean, just... It was a complete abomination of a game in terms of all facets for this game from the Mavericks. Like you can look at this game from three layers. Like if we want to peel this back and, you know, if we're looking at it from a geologic perspective, this, this could essentially be the earth's core, right? All right. So um, the mantle (laughs) is going. No. Yeah. The mantle is the Mavericks role players playing terribly in this game. That's what, that's where, you know, the genesis of all this is that's like the base problem, right? But then we go, as we go into the outer core, we look at Jason Kidd's coaching and his inability to, you know, sur- um, you know, just run things that could aren't just swinging the ball around the perimeter, shooting threes the whole time, mix things up on defense a little bit. Um, then you, you get all the way to the inner core and that's, it has all these domino effects. All the convection currents are flowing from the inner core. And the inner core is Mark Cuban and Nico Harrison making <laughs> terrible front office decisions. And the personnel of this team being severely limited and having any sort of ball handling outside of Luka Doncic and Spencer Dinwiddie. So I, I think that that's a sort of deeply analytical um, geologic look at the Mavericks. Hey, you want, um, do you want my <laughs> unearthly geologic? Oh, it's. Uh, so it's so, well, geologic. Ge- um, well, my, my geologic it has to involve the Earth. My my yeah, it does. Mine's more astronomic. So oh, okay, you have our solar system. Okay, 
you have the sun and all eight planets or nine planets, however you want to look at it. They all revolve around the sun. Well, in this sense, the sun is Luca. If you don't have the sun, where do the sun, where do the planets go? They go. Oh, all they, have, the they have no gravity. They're <laughs> just floating the around Mavericks the solar system. <laughs> <laughs> that is what the Mavericks were tonight. Yeah. Oh God. Um. Yeah. I mean, this. I, there's no way to sum it up. Like. <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, that that's probably the. Uh, I don't know the uh, these sort of scientifical processes that we're denoting in terms of putting him on a basketball team. I mean, this is how you know that we're at our worst right now. We're we're making um, jokes. Yes. Um, Anyhow, though, uh, if if we're actually going to analyze this game. um, So, you know, we already covered those two statistical anomalies in terms of the Mavericks. You know, we can harp all day on the organizational failures and the lack of another creator and all this, but what good is that going to do us? Because, you know, the Mavericks don't have any assets right now for essentially um, they're hard pressed to find a trade. So we'll see how that ends up coming into fruition at one point or another, but looking into um, just sort of the actual, you know, the way this game went sequentially, it was a pretty even kill first quarter from both teams. Houston led by three after, one um you could tell like off the gate though tim hardaway jr was having a pretty good shooting game christian wood started fairly hot then we get to the second quarter um houston ends up taking that quarter away as well after the mavericks had went on a little mini run throughout most of the second quarter they were up most of it um largely due to the fact that i thought kevin porter jr at times during this game um in that first half specifically I thought he did a really good job manipulating ball screens. Anytime the Mavericks went over on a screen, he easily got the the defender on his back hip. And he was getting to that <coughs> mid-range area, and he was making um, you know, a plentiful amount of mid-range jump shots in that first half. You know, I, I think that a lot of this is an indictment upon Tim Hardaway Jr. and Reggie Bullock's defense in this game. I mean, they were just complete black holes, like. It, it, it was just blow by theater in this one. You know, essentially, like you want to go into the bar and get it and get a drink because just go ahead and plow right through the saloon door. I mean that that is essentially <laughs> what this game was from them. Um, Reggie Bullock is supposedly supposed to bring elite defense in tandem with his, you know, great three point shooting. Um, both of those were. You know, to go back to your solar solar system analogy, they were not in this universe. Maybe they were in another one tonight. Maybe if we really, you know, try to dimensionalize things and look into the the multiverse and we, we go all Marvel here, we might be able to find where Reggie Bullock's defense and three-point shooting is. But <laughs> clearly, um, you know, we're – we don't have the technology to do that. So for the time being, we're going to have to live with this version of him. Um, barring that, uh, I thought Dorian Finney-Smith did a really good job of defending Jalen Green in this game at throughout stretches. I mean, <coughs> I mean, Green got going a little bit in the third and fourth quarter, you know, particularly when he's guarded by other Mavericks and when they were able to get a switch. But, I mean, he went five for 15. Dorian Finney-Smith did good upon his best player. 
upon the best player of the Rockets. I, you know, Dorian had a bad shooting night, one for eight from three. Um, but I, I thought he didn't play objectively terrible um, compared to some of the guys on the Mavericks tonight. Um, who else? Let's see. I, I thought a big issue where the Mavericks were really limited in this game was Alper and Shingun just, you know, I mean, he only, he had like five or six rebounds in the first like minute or two of the game. Yeah. He only finished yeah. with seven, which is bewildering to me. But I mean, he was just roasting Dwight Powell and Christian Wood at certain points of that game. And I mean, it really just went to go to show the, uh, the Mavericks lack of a rim protector in a game where Maxi doesn't run, get any clock whatsoever. I mean, the Mavericks defense in terms of their big man is severely hampered. You know, Christian Wood had shown stretches early in the season where he didn't look terrible defensively. Um, but lately it's, he has not been giving any sort of resistance at the rim. And I've noticed that smaller guards have been scoring on him fairly easily. Anytime he's caught up in a pick and roll and he has to drop, it's basically, you know, <coughs> it's basically he's going to either get um, shot right over or he's going to get buried into the basket stanchion. So, I mean, that that's been an ongoing thing that has worsened for him. I, I hope that, He's able to tend to that a little bit. Uh, I hope, you know, idealistically, I I still think that he's best suited, you know, playing with Maxi or another defensive big to be able to cover those things up so he can guard down on a three or a four. I'd been saying that, and me and Jaron have been on that train since the offseason. I mean, so far, he looks best, in my opinion, when he gets those Maxi. Um, I mean, I'd be interested to look at his, you know, defensive net rating and all that when he's with Maxi, when, when those two are coupled together on the floor. Um, Cause you know, when he's the lone big man out there, there's definitely issues that persist. So, yeah, but I mean, as far as the first half when it wasn't like objectively terrible, the Mavericks surprisingly came away from that third quarter um, having won the third quarter, 23 to 19, but nonetheless, like the process was just terrible and they were benefactors of the Rockets just dribbling off their feet at times. Like the Rockets really had some rough, rough possessions in this game. They should, despite them winning this game, they they went to show as to why they are one of the worst teams in the NBA. They had a total of twenty turnovers. Yes, they had twenty turnovers, and like fifteen of those were just like give me possessions. They weren't even anything the Mavericks defense was doing essentially. So I think that that, I mean, the Mavericks were benefactors of that. I mean, the Mavericks were getting out transition a little bit in that third quarter. They were running faster, especially, you know, the when you're Luka-less, you'd hope that the pace picks up a little bit. And I mean, it did in, in times in this game, but it really didn't proceed to benefit the Mavericks on a large scale. They didn't get out and run enough or make the correct decisions in those scenarios um, all too often. And then, you know, segue to the fourth quarter, the uh, Rockets outscored the Mavericks 25 to 18. Like, I, I it's such a weird game to just try and describe because it's like, it, it's really nothing that the Rockets were doing right as much as the Mavericks were just kicking themselves. Playing horrible. That's, yeah. That, that's one takeaway is like the Rockets didn't play a great game. They had spurts where they played good. Uh, I mean, again, defensively, I think it picked up in that second half. Uh, but the Mavericks just 
continued to play. Uh, I mean, maybe the worst basketball I've ever seen. Like, it, it it's just like, you know, the Mavericks, if they had had one spurt where they could keep a lead, but also just play, like, I guess, add on to a lead, like, the Mavericks would be amazing. Uh, not to say this game, but, like, just in general. And I don't know, like, I, I tweet, or I, I didn't tweet, but I, I texted Will, and I was like, the Mavericks' best friends are opposing teams' runs. And it's, I mean, how, I wish there was a number for that, but, like, how many, like, 9-0-plus runs have we seen? And from a team like the Rockets, where they had multiple, like, runs to either get back in the game or to extend their lead, like, it. I mean, it's depth-wise at the end of the day. It's just cringy watching. Like, it, it's, I, I mean, it, coaching staff to – depth like roster develop like I mean I know we can go on and on and on but at the end of the day like there needs to be a change um and again I mean I didn't really get to watch much of the second half I'm kind of thankful I didn't um but yeah I mean there's just this is I I I would stand by this is the worst loss of the season no 100% and I mean to go back to that whole 19 block stat like that points to the Mavericks' lack of creation. You know, you try to thrust guys that are non-creators in a role where they're trying to get to the basket. Like, of course, Dorian Finney-Smith and, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr. going downhill are going to get their shit swatted a few times. Like, Tim, I mean, he was – he bared at least, like, the four blocks in this game. Like, he got blocked at least four or five times, I swear um, didn't what he had a few. I know Christian Wood got blocked a lot. That was just kind of mistiming on his part. Um, but I mean, you know, without Luca out there, who you know takes such a load on offense in terms of being able to handle the ball and get downhill, and he has such good pacing and he's able to throw guys off kilter. I mean, the offense is just so much more predictable, and I think that's a big reason for the blocks too. I mean, this team isn't used to playing without him. So you saw that firsthand in this game. Um, I mean, I'm, you know, this is kind of all over the place because, you know, in terms of how bad the Mavericks played, like there's no, there's no sort of positive spin to this. Um, If we look at, you know, the two guys who had good scoring games, you can still argue that they didn't have the best games overall. Yeah. You obviously look at Tim Hardaway Jr. and Christian Wood, who both came off the bench. Tim Hardaway had a fairly good shooting game in the first half, and then he started building houses with Brooks within the second half. I mean, there, was, there wasn't any rhyme or reason to how he was playing offense tonight. It was just jack up everything in sight. And, you know, to Tim's credit, he is a pretty good shooter. So, you know of course some of those are going to drop and he bared some positive aggression in terms of shooting the ball in that first half 10 for 26 in the field five for 14 for three he had 28 points i mean he didn't play terrible in this game it's not like a sum of all fear shooting night for him but you know you could definitely tell that he wasn't able to keep up that clip of shooting throughout the whole game like he's not going to be able to be relied upon to shoot like that for 35 minutes in a game Christian Wood finally gets over 30 minutes in a game, coming off the bench still, of course. Nine for 22 from the field, two for seven from three, 26 points, six for six from the free throw line, eight rebounds. You know, I thought I did a pretty good job on the boards tonight, but they still could have used 
more from him. Nobody in double digits in terms of rebounding for the Mavericks. You know, it goes to show Luca is like definitively the best rebounder on this team. So that's also, you know, something that you'd hope to get out of one of these bigs. But with the McGee signing essentially failing and, you know, Christian Wood, if every once in a while we get a double digit rebound game, but that's not something that you can, you know, continually rely on, I guess. But uh, nonetheless, he played, I thought, you know, an okay game. You know, he had 26 points, but he was, you know, he, the, the offense was going through him a large majority of the time. You know, he, he got off to a fairly hot shooting start and what have you, but. <laughs> You know, once the shots started to dry up, I mean, he he has to be a guy that his points come within the offense. He's not a guy who has to just do it. He, he can't just do it himself every time. That's what he was doing on this Houston team last year. I mean, he was putting up large counting stats, yes, but he wasn't a guy who whose role is, you know, and his most efficient role is in a scenario where, He's having to, you're just having to run offense through him because, you know, he's going to have some weird sort of duds and just possessions where you're like, okay, like, you know, maybe you probably shouldn't be creating that right now. But I mean, he did as much as he could. And he was, you know, I'm not going to blame him for this loss by any means. He was running out in transition. Um, I mean, he, he was, he was trying. It's just, you know, if his shot isn't falling at an insanely high clip, and you don't have another ball handler to accommodate him, you're not really going to be able to, you're not going to be able to, I guess, emphasize, you know, his potential on the offensive end. What did you think of him and Tim and how they played in this game? Yeah, you know, I, I like what you pointed out where these two guys, you know, they put up the best stat sheet, I guess, for this game uh, with a 26-point performance by Wood and then a 28-point performance by Hardaway. Uh, but at the end of the day, you know, these guys didn't have their best game. I know for Christian Wood, this was kind of a personal game, um, being that, you know, he had such a, I think, bad end to his Houston stint. Um, and it kind of seemed like at times where, uh, there was multiple Rockets players, uh, they, they'd seemingly just attack him and they'd kind of just go after his head. Um, but with that being in mind, like, you know, you'd like to see more out of Christian Wood. Now, given I feel like, I feel like he could have had an elevated role in a sense, and he still played 31 minutes. But I still feel like he could have had maybe more of an elevated role. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, and in, in terms of Tim Hardaway, you know, he had the shot going that first half. Uh, as the game dwindled on, this is you know my talk was consistency. Uh, last game, whenever it was he shot like O of eight against the Clippers or something like that. And I was just like, I want to see more consistency out of him. I mean, he puts up 28 points, but it's a tale of two halves. Uh, I'm not exactly sure how many points he put up in that second half, but from the, the, I guess, possessions that I had watched with him in the ball, it seemed like he was shooting it up with more than 16 seconds left on the shot clock. It seemed like it was these meaningless shots uh, that ultimately would hurt the Mavericks where it'd just be in transition too for the Rockets. Uh, and ultimately, that's whenever they extended the lead. Uh, and it's just, you know, I I mean, as the season goes on, I hope it changes. I hope he kind of figures a little footing. Uh, but for both these guys, you know, to have – I think you can argue, like, I think this is Tim's uh, season high thus far, and uh, maybe Christian Woods too. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, like you, you want to see a little more out of these guys. But with that in mind, like they are on the second out of a back-to-back. Uh, in terms of Christian Wood, you know, he has a huge, or he has, I guess, a little more of an elevated sense in the, the sense that like the center rotation is way out of like whack. You know, you have McGee out, uh, who I guess doesn't really play. Um, and then, you know, with the rendition of Maxi Kleber in the game, you know, like the, these are guys that play valuable minutes, or I guess Maxi plays valuable minutes, but uh, I don't know. It just kind of throws off the rotation. But with that being said, like there's really no excuse. that I, I didn't feel like they played terrible. I feel like these were probably the two guys that if you want to look for positives, you can look for those two names. Um, but at the end of the day, this overall is just bad. Yeah. And I mean, we're not even going to divulge into Spencer too heavily because, like we said, he played 41 minutes the night before. He was due for a stinker. He still affected the game positively to an extent. I mean, he was having to do every sort of, you know, you know, he was having to bear basically the biggest offensive load in terms of creating offense. And he had 10 assists and zero turnovers. I mean, that's that's something. You know, Spencer, like we've said, is never going to be a guy who comes in and is a flashy passer or is making, you know, these insane type playmaking reads, but he gets the ball in the right spots. And, I mean, sometimes that's all you can ask for. He's at least, you know, a pseudo playmaker. I I would at least label him that. So that was encouraging to see. What do you think of Josh Green tonight? I know he's getting the flack from some Mavs fans on Twitter. Um, but I, I thought a big issue in this one was, you know, I mean, Jason Kidd gave him the star. It's his birthday and everything. But then just proceeds to not play him at all. So what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, I thought it's a little weird. I know you <laughs> kind of put out a tweet. Um, bless you. I know you put out a tweet where it was kind of like, uh, I guess you were just going into the mind of Jason Kidd. Uh, and, you know, you have to take some validity out of that. I wonder if there's some truth. To that in the sense that, you know, you're trying to test a guy and whatever. But um, I, I guess, I mean, like, I guess cool he got the start. But out of, outside of that, like, he played, um, I think, only the third or third least amount of minutes on the team. Like, even with Bertans, who only played three. Like, I mean, I, I feel like you still have to give him a little more PT and a little more run. Uh, Composite times... got minutes in him. What? Composite got six more minutes in him. Yeah, oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, Faku Composite got six more minutes in him. Wow. Um, yeah, I didn't even see that. Like, I, I just think, you know, in terms of, like, a guy that you need to hit in a game like this, like, why not play him 30 minutes? He doesn't play 30 minutes in the active rotation. This isn't the active rotation. Throw him out there. He's starting for gosh sake. Like, just throw him out he's there. 22. He's 22. He's, yeah, he's 22 he years just old. turned it today. He's, yeah, yeah, happy. Yeah, it was his birthday. Um. Like, I don't know, it just – some of these rotations, some of these, I guess, logic in general just doesn't make any sense. I, I think to even, like, the most general NBA mind, like, it just doesn't add up, doesn't make any sense. Like, I get the, you know, whole argument of him not being a huge plus in the minutes he played. But, I mean, he didn't really do anything wrong. He had two steals. He played really good defense. Like, I mean, given an increased minute load, he could have done some positive things out there. That's my take on it, at least. Um. You know, Davis and Frank got in the game for a little bit in this one. Frank hit, like, a really tough corner three. He had the highest plus yeah. on the night with plus seven. Yeah. Um, he hit this, like, really weird fadeaway jumper. But then 
bro thought he was Timo Cruz in transition, just pulled that, and uh, he got yanked pretty pretty quickly after he didn't get too much from <laughs> that. But you know, it was it was good to see Frank get a little run, you know, play some defense, um, score, um, get a lucky transition fade. I mean, lucky post fadeaway, whatever, we'll take it. Um, Davis came in, hit a three, and then really didn't see the four after that. But I'm finally, I'm just happy his knee effusion is done. So, I mean, that that's good for him that he's finally healthy. That's been something that, you know, I'm, I guess I'm a surprise. Took 13 games for, you know, it, his injury to be mended for that long. But, you know, I'm just glad for him that he's healthy. And, you know, we'll see if he actually ends up finding a role in this rotation at all going forward. But, it's good to see him out there for a second. Here, here's um, my here's my uh, thoughts on this. I think Davis was depressed about the team potentially trading him, and then he found out that the team was satisfied with their rotation and satisfied with their depth chart, and so he got happy again, and now he's playing. So that's that that's what I think actually happened. Um, that's a that's a very um, beautiful, optimistic. Um, I don't know Mavs angle to it, Jaron. Yay, Davis is back. Play. Let's go. We're, we're go. we're going back to the Western Conference Finals. What did you take out of Faku's game? You know, given Luka was out, Jason Kidd really rolled with him at stretches as that, you know, secondary ball handler to Dinwiddie in this game. You know, they didn't – They, uh, I apologize. They staggered them for the most part. They didn't really play together whatsoever. But Faku Composo in this game, three points, one for seven shooting. Uh, one for six from the three-point line. He had five assists, three steals, and three turnovers. What did you take out of um, him having an increased workload for really the first time since that Pelicans game? Yeah, you know, I know that you have a much differing view. I, I honestly didn't mind the minutes too much. I think if you could take away one thing, it would be the shooting, of course. He just kind of went up there and chucked whatever he felt like he needed to make or needed to shoot. Uh, and ultimately, like, he went one of seven from the field, like you mentioned. Um but to me, like, it seemed like the only time the Mavericks had a, like, flowing offense was whenever he was in the game running the offense. Uh, I know there was some times where he just kind of just made some zippy passes. Uh, but it, ultimately, like, I feel like, you know, the only time that this team had an identity and that that's stretching it uh, was whenever he was on the court running the floor. Um, and three steals, like, I again, you know, I can't really speak for those steals. I didn't watch them um and most of them were like were like the rockets basically threw an entry pass to a basket and he just was like really nitpicky oh yeah i saw okay yeah i did see that one where he had like that uh they threw an inbound pass and that was like two of them yeah yeah Yeah, i i do remember that one um other than that though like i can't really speak i i mean he's a small guy like i feel like you lose him on the court i feel like it's just one of those kind of just pick it off sort of steals. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I'm not saying I want more minutes. I'm not saying I'm impressed or anything like that. I just feel like uh, the only time that there was an identity on offense was whenever he was in the, whenever he was on the floor. No, I mean, there definitely seemed like there was a little bit more of a process, um, especially as bad as Dinwiddie played tonight. But I mean, just running offense through him, like they were completely hard pressed in my opinion, you know, they were sagging off from him. You know, this is a guy who's, I believe, either a fringe 30% or below 30% career three-point shooter. And you could tell the Rockets just sagged off him, let him shoot whatever. 
And I mean, on top of that, you know, he just with him as the only offensive initiator out there. I mean, the spacing that he's going to be allotted if everybody's just keying in on him is just not going to work out. He's 5'10". So, I mean, there's that. Um, he can't play defense to save his life. Um, but, you know, he did. He, I will say he he works within the margins to get some steals, which I, I do appreciate. You know, you have to at his size. So, uh, nonetheless, though, the fact that we're even debating upon him playing and the fact that he played 23 minutes of meaningful basketball is a whole other discussion. Um, I mean, that kind of just irons out from the whole perspective of the Mavericks tonight. Um, Dwight Powell, you know, just a steady 17 minutes. He's really a guy that I had no gripes with in this game. I mean, yeah, he got out-rebounded. I thought he got worked by Shingun at periods in this game. And, you know, his defense was – his defense in the last couple games has really regressed um, after, you know, when the Mavericks were pulling some zone and some previous games, like that Brooklyn game comes to mind. Powell actually looked fairly decent defensively. I will say at the end of the last game – um, where we played um, the Clippers, I thought that Powell was making some really good reads out of um, when he caught the ball at the, you know, that elbow free throw line area when he basically um, would be the outlet from a Luka double team. I thought Powell was making some like really good, like perfect reads out of those plays. And I mean, he's a guy who knows our system really well. You know where we're going to get from him. He's, he's steady. Um, but that's not to say that he, he isn't, who he is like, you know, he's still not going to be able to play defense at the rim. So, I mean, I don't really have any gripes with him. Seven points, five rebounds. Um, he had some decent possessions in this game. Um, I mean, Reggie, the bang bros were a complete abomination after, you know, we said that they were back and everything after yesterday. That uh, we're, we're that, one day removed. We're okay. one day removed. Yeah. It's a, I don't even know, bro. <laughs> I don't even know. Here, let me. What? Let's 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 stop talking about this game. Let's get into something more depressing. All right. Um, I'm gonna jump ahead a little bit here. So tomorrow, I guess at the time that y'all will be listening to this, uh, the Mavericks play the Nuggets. So I'm gonna go over the next six games for the Mavericks, and I want your total uh, prediction for the next six games. So we play the Nuggets on Friday. Uh, yeah, the Friday, and then on Sunday we play the Nuggets again, both in uh, the AAC. <coughs> and then on ESPN we go to Boston and play the best team in the league, Boston Celtics. And then three days later we get a little three-day break. We go and play Toronto in Toronto. And then on the 27th, a back-to-back, we play the Milwaukee Bucks in Milwaukee. Um, and then we're finally back home where we play the defending world champion Golden State Warriors. So in those six games – do the Mavericks go 0 and 6? I think it's a real question. Well, um, I honestly think the Mavericks will probably go. I think they'll be lucky to come away two and four in that stretch. Okay. I think that if you play a home and home against the Nuggets, like inevitably, like you know, typically, I think historically, I'd say home and homes typically like end up being one and one because it's hard to, you know, lose to a team twice when you're playing in the regular season, you know, those, it's not like the playoffs, you know, you get to scheme a little bit. And I think the Mavericks can at least get one of those games versus the Nuggets. 
the Celtics Raptors game, I think you can pencil in his losses. I don't see how the Mavericks would end up beating the Raptors twice. Um, the Bucks game, I could easily see being a loss. Um, then I think that, you know, even the Warriors game, the Mavericks could lose because, I mean, yes, the Warriors have been playing bad lately, but I could easily see him being like, oh, random Tuesday night, the Warriors decide to tap into their old selves. Then, you know, this is the catalyst. Yeah, this is the catalyst of them starting to perform well this season. Um, but, you know, I, I think the Mavericks will beat one of the Pistons or Warriors. Um, <clears throat> I think it's the absolute best the Mavericks go four and two in this stretch. Um, and then at the absolute worst, I would say one and five. And with a, you know, a most likely, I think they'll end up going three and three or two and four. Um, but I mean, I, I, if they go two and four, like I honestly would, wouldn't even be like surprised. And I'm not saying it would be good, but, you know, I wouldn't be like, oh, like, you know, I'm not coming away from that stretch of games, you know, thinking that taking anything different away from this team. I mean, I don't think that they can beat the top echelon of teams in this league in, the, in terms of their current state, like on a consistent basis. Yeah, any team can be any team any given night in the NBA right now, but. I don't think that's something the Mavericks can do consistently, especially with those top teams, given their limitations. Um, if you let's backtrack just a little bit before we end the podcast, like it's this game from the Rockets perspective, um, they, like we said, this was, this game was more so an indictment upon the Mavericks whole process systematically from the front office to the players uh, than it was the Rockets. But, you know, we will highlight some, things the Rockets guys did. I mean, they had 19 blocks. I thought the Rockets, I mean, all their defensive wings were really active. I was really impressed by Usman Garuba, a guy who really didn't get a whole lot of run in his first year in the league. Um, He looked like basically um, my best way of describing him would be like Maxi Maxi Kleber if he took Captain America's super serum, Um, two for two from three. Um, he looked really good in terms of being able to play the dunker spot at times. Played really good defense, 12 points. I mean, I think this was his best game, apparently, as a Rocket from what I've been seeing on Twitter. Kenyon Martin Jr. continues his case to be a um, Dallas Maverick at some point. He's kind of a young-ish wing that doesn't fit their timeline as well as some of these other guys, but nonetheless, um, he's still a really athletic um, sort of three and D piece to an extent who, you know, has some different ability in terms of utilizing his athleticism to attack off closeouts and run transition. Um, he need Dwight Powell in the face in that first half, which he did on that dunk, but that was kind of funny. Um, I thought he played um, pretty well in this game. Tari Easton, it was really cool getting to see him. Uh, he's, he's one hell of a defender. I mean, these rockets, um, <coughs> bless you. Uh, just the, uh, I appreciate it. They, um, they just the amount of like sheer like yes, they're young and raw and they're not going to be good this year, but they have some captivating pieces going forward. And I mean, the, just the amount of limbs these guys have—they are so long. I mean, they don't even have a true rim protector by any stretch of the Im- imagination. I mean, the Mavericks let Shen Goon get five blocks in this game it has to be a career high for him, but 
that's a whole nother, I, I I don't even know. There's no words for that. Like, <laughs> that's just that's just terrible. Um, I, I get he's younger and he's probably at the peak of his athletic career right now. But then I mean, it's, it's still Alper and Shingun. Like you don't let him get five blocks. Um, anyhow, though, I mean, I thought Jabari Smith, um, KP, even KPJ, who I mean. He's had some effort questions at time. I thought both of those guys looked really good defensively. Um, I mean, I think Jabari Smith, KPJ, and Jalen Green by no means had the most efficient night offensively. And they definitely – I mean, they had 20 turnovers in this game as a team. They de- And, you know, there was a lot of, like, preemptive fouling by them. Um, I think Jabari Smith is pretty raw. Um, but he made some shots in that fourth quarter. Um, I don't know. that they. I, I think that they're going to be really good at some point. Um, but they're just so so raw, and the Mavericks made them. They're uh, they made them look like all stars tonight. Um, no matter how how you want to swing it, um, I mean they have like really intriguing three and deep pieces. You know you got your cornerstones and Jalen Green, Jabari Smith, but the Rockers are definitely a step away. Like they don't, you know, like for instance, like I think Paolo Bancaro is on like a totally different trajectory than Jabari Smith in terms of how good yeah. they're going to become. I think Jabari Smith maybe could be better one day, but I mean, he has a, you know, his developmental trajectory is going to take a lot longer. Um, so, I mean, they have a lot of intriguing young pieces. I like some of the things on their team. I mean, maybe Eric Gordon is a piece we can look at at the deadline. I mean, I know everybody in every team in the league has been looking at him for the last three years, but he looked really, you know, he looked okay tonight. He didn't really have the best game, but I mean, that's the thing. The Rockets really didn't play that good of a game, and they still beat the Mavericks. And that's why this is the penultimate uh, worst loss of the season, in my opinion. Do you have any other thoughts on the game, Jaron? Yeah, you know, I, I I stand by that point that this is the worst loss on the season. Um, I, I just want to reiterate the point that the, the Rockets didn't play a great game, and yet the the Mavericks found a way to lose by multiple possessions and not just lose by multiple almost possessions. Yeah. Almost double digits, but not just lose by almost double digits, but they pretty much just looked like in the sense, um, if you, I, I think if you randomize names here, this would be a G league roster. Uh, and I'm not saying like roster and sense of talent or anything. I just by tonight, if you looked at this team, you'd be like, wow, that was a terrible team who played on the court. Um, Are you talking about the Mavericks? Yeah, like I, I'm not saying they're G League players. I'm just saying the way that they played. Oh yeah, it, it was very imminent of a well-rounded G League team. Um, yeah, no, I mean they were on that sort of level tonight. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's just like clunky basketball. Like no, everybody trying to, you know, just find no their lead. own shot. Like oh, I'm trying to prove it. No sort of offensive creation or process. Like eh, the whole like, I mean that falls on Jason Kidd. And I think he deserves a lot of flack, but even more so. I mean, this could be a discussion for another podcast, but, you know, the whole Jalen Brunson narrative and <clears throat> how that's persisting. He had a really good game tonight. Lack of another ball handle is just huge. And it's yeah, showing it multiple layers. I love Christian Wood and his fit on the Mavericks, but I tweeted this. And, you know, Christian Wood, to an extent, like the Mavericks didn't really need another scoring big man. They didn't really need another Chris Epsperzingis. Like the idealistic fit is next to Luke is likely a rim protector. That's not to say Christian Wood can't have a role on this team. But, you know, like I've said, he's best paired with a defensive big man. 
Um, and he can still have a you know active role on this team by all by all um, by all accounts. But you know, he like if we're looking, you know, comparatively, you know, I guess it's you could debate, you know, you're kind of splitting hairs holistically. Who's a better player between Jalen Brunson and Christian Wood? You know, I'm sure some people would say Brunson, some would say Wood. Like, even if you roll with Christian Wood in that camp, which um, I mean, I probably would if I had to choose. Um, it's ludicrous to say that Jalen Brunson would not, he, you know, feels a more dire need on this team. Like you take Christian Wood away on this team and insert Jalen Brunson right now. I think the Mavericks team is better, like without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. And uh, it, um, it's a, it's a really sad game, but you know, we, we play Friday versus the Nuggets. Presumably Luke is going to play in that one. So I guess we'll just, I, just, see. I, got, I got one last question. Yeah. Does this game help? Uh, Luca's MVP case. Uh, it helps, you know, identify why his re- usage rate is so high. Yeah, I like, um, you know, I, I think if the Mavericks can, it, it's going to depend on standings, how high he can get them in the standings. If he can keep them at that six to five range, I mean, if they're there, there at the end of the season. Then you can look back and be like, okay, like look at them without him. Like, yeah, that's real. Yeah, yeah. It could depends on where they finish. Like, if if they you know keep playing 500 basketball for the rest of the year, then I mean, it really won't matter. So we're on track to do so. I guess that's that's my answer to that. But um, you know, this was a complete stinker of a game. We appreciate you guys for listening this far and grieving with us because you know you weren't listening to this podcast coming in you know, with happy and gleeful ears, you know, you were looking to, you know, try to justify what happened on the court. So I, we hope that we provided you some sort of answers to that. Um, If you haven't already subscribed to us on Apple podcasts or Spotify or whatever listening platform that you are listening on, we are almost on all listening platforms. Give us a five-star rating, follow us on Twitter at mainstream underscore Mavs. We appreciate you guys. And we move despite how, bad this all is we will be continuing our maps coverage on the daily on twitter and um with our podcasts our post-game podcasts of course uh, may try to mix in um <clears throat> one of our mainstream matinee episodes or midday episodes before the nuggets game we'll try to get a little 10 to 20 minute little discussion type thing in maybe not a full podcast but we definitely want to do something for the nuggets game uh you, you know we got a day in between games so we don't want to keep keep you guys too dry on the content but uh if you got nothing else jaron um that's gonna wrap it up for today we will catch you guys in the next one rest in peace mavs